Is an MLB player the best athlete on earth right now? The NBA free agency is about to kick off, and the NBA draft just passed. This is the Rival Fantasy Sports Podcast. Let's talk about it. You are now listening to the Rival Fantasy Sports Podcast. Let's go. Shout out to the Rival Fantasy Sports universe out there. I am your host, Neil Maligno. I appreciate you guys for joining me as always. You guys know we have three topics to talk about every week on this show. And I always have to sit here and pick and choose and fight through the different topics to figure out which ones I want to make the show. Of course, I'm always interested in your, your opinion on what you think should have made the show but didn't or what didn't make the show and shouldn't have. You guys let me know down in the comments on YouTube. Drop them in the comments. We'd love to chop it up with you guys down there as always. Let's jump straight into the first topic. Why even wait? This one is really, really fun. How can I not start with topic number one without this man right here, Shohei Otani? Listen, this guy has been crushing it ever since he hit Major League Baseball. He's been capturing the eyes of baseball fans everywhere. Everyone's been super impressed. No one has doubted his ability. No one has doubted what he is capable of. He's a pitcher with amazing ability. He's a hitter with amazing ability. Last night, Shohei Atani had in a game where he pitched, he pitched in this game, two home runs as a batter and 10 strikeouts as a pitcher. Let me repeat that one more time. Two home runs as a batter. Not, not he was pitching and people hit two home runs off him. He hit two home runs in one game as a batter the same game that he was a pitcher in and had 10 strikeouts in. What? This is one of the craziest things you will ever see. He is unbelievable. There's no doubt about it. Shohei Otani is absolutely unbelievable. He's crushing it from a you know perspective of just a baseball player. It's unbelievable to see the things that he's doing. There are things that like literally you would think were impossible. Like you would bet anything on this, right? If someone said, hey man, I will bet you right now Shohei Otani is going to hit two home runs and strike out 10 batters in this game. Anybody pretty much would take that bet at any price line and just run with it because it's unbelievable the stat line we're talking about. It's, it doesn't just end there either. There's tons of um, tweets and stuff that I want to show you just to kind of bring a little bit of, a, you know, I don't want to say attention, but just bring, bring makes, makes it a little more clear on exactly what we're talking about, right? So the first one here is, and, and this is just nuts to me, but it is crazy to believe that the Angels, Shohei Otani, this is from Optostats, in June has 13 home runs batting, 37 strikeouts pitching. He's the first player in MLB history to hit 10 home runs and strike out 35 batters in a month. Only one player has had 10 home runs in a month and 35 strikeouts in a month at, at a point, any point in their career. And that was Babe Ruth, which... You know, feel how you want to feel about him, feel how you want to feel about, you know, the legitimacy and, you know, whether he compares to modern day players, he doesn't. But just, you know, if you wanted to do that, you know, if that's, you know, your reference point, I don't want to, you know, make you feel uncomfortable about it. But Shohei Otani has done it not only in his career, not only in a season, but in the same month, 13 home runs batting, 37 Ks pitching, just insane. Just insane. When you're the first player in sports history of that sport that you're in to do something, it's typically 
you know, something crazy, right? Something so sometimes they, they make these stats up and you're like, eh, that's not really that serious. Like you, you see that all the time. Like these sites will purposely, you know, look for something that just is, is kind of outlandish when you think about it. Like, yeah, why would anybody have done that before? Or maybe it wasn't something that was possible, you know, in prior, you know, seasons or years of the sport. But in this case, this is a legitimate stat. This isn't like some kind of, you know, fishing for a headline, fishing for a, you know, a, a, you know, just, you know, it's not clickbait. This is a legitimate stat. 10 plus home run, you know, 10 home runs and, and 35 strikeouts. It's just, you know, those are kind of standard stats that somebody would look at. They're not, you know, something crazy like um, hit, you know, Randy Johnson's the only pitcher to kill a bird while pitching a ball. Like, yeah, that, that's not really likely to happen ever again. That was just a random fluke thing or, you know, some just some random weird stats that always pop up. This isn't one of them. This is a, a very, you know, legitimate one. I just think it's incredible. And again, you know, the whole Babe Ruth thing, you know, take that for what you will in terms of, you know, comparing it to somebody. Again, I know everybody has their 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 feelings on, you know, Babe Ruth and what he's done. Uh, another one here that I wanted to share. Let's not forget the fact that he is a free agent next season. This is the biggest deal of all, right? He's playing this year with the Angels, $30 million base salary, crazy amount. And just to think that that's still not enough uh, for Shohei Otani and what he deserves in reality. So when we think about, you know, Shohei Otani next season, there's going to be a crazy bidding war for this guy. Everyone's going to want him. Will he re-sign with the Angels? I just don't feel like that he will. I feel like he, he's going to chase even bigger things. Will that be New York? The Mets are obviously throwing around money like it's going out of style. The Mets are the most logical destination in terms of you got to think about it, right? They are suffering right now they spent a ton of money they're not playing well with the money they spent they spent the most money in baseball and it's not looking good they got two of their best pitchers are, are older guys right respectively like 40 years old each this is the kind of player that they're going to need to a pump up the, the fan base make them feel good about it uh b take their team to new levels can you imagine shahel tani in new york like it's just good for him it's good for the team but again this is going to be a bidding war it's going to get crazy. The numbers are going to get crazy if you look at, you know, what he deserves. And, and, and it's interesting because this is a guy who legitimately, legitimately deserves like a pitcher contract and a hitter contract. You can't just say give Shohei the most money of a, as a pitcher because he's not just a pitcher. He's much more than a pitcher. We're talking about the guy who, you know, is, is crushing it in all these different, you know, in all these different lanes, like just doing all these incredible things. So how do you you know, just give him a pitcher salary. How do you say, hey, you're the highest paid pitcher in baseball now. You should be, you know, happy with that. That doesn't seem like a fair way to, you know, go about the contract negotiations with him. And it's obviously, I don't think that's going to work. So this is a very interesting, you know, situation in terms of how you offer this contract, what it looks like, how it breaks down. It's just going to be a very unique situation. And I think the Mets are probably the prime team to do that. The Yankees will obviously be in the mix. You have to assume the Angels will be in the mix again. There's just going to be a bunch of teams in the mix. Also, here you got uh, Shohei Otani is a starting pitcher and MLB home run leader, right? Like, this guy is just crushing it. Like, literally leads the league in home runs. Go right now, bring up your MLB stats, look up home run leaders, and it is this guy, a pitcher. A pitcher. He's not a pitcher. You can't just call him a pitcher at this point. It's just, he's just way, he's beyond that. And, and, and the question then, you know, you have to ask yourself, after the fact that we're talking about a guy who is, you know, pitching and doing this is, is he the greatest, you know, he, is he the greatest baseball player right now? There's going to be people who argue that 
is he the greatest athlete of you know of right now like how do you really categorize what he's doing and it's hard to explain i know a lot of people are like either you know baseball is in this weird place and i've talked about it here on the show before where it's not as popular in terms of i feel like with the youth and pop culture and all these things for some reason it doesn't always get the the uh, attention it deserves right like these guys some of these guys should be superstar 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 as big as the lebron james's right as big as the tom brady's as big as these guys and i feel like at least in my circle and the people i speak with on the internet that i'm in the twitter world that i'm in you know it's not as talked about maybe i'm in the wrong circles that's possible but at the end of the day like they they you know a guy like this should be getting way more love like just at the end of the day and the comparison to what he's able to do is just incredible and for those who you know, I got this. This is another great tweet here. Let's just pull this up. The Shohei Otani stuff is getting insane. Think about how crazy it is. It's not like an NBA player being great at offense and defense. Hitting and pitching are basically two entirely unique skill sets. It's more like being a top five basketball player and a top 10 golfer in the world. This is a great tweet for NBA University. Uh, just again, makes all the sense in the world. Like we're talking about a player who is doing two different skill sets of things. So it's, and what the point of that tweet is like, you may say, well, oh, you know, someone like LeBron James, he's good on offense and good on defense. That's not what this is because it's just ba- that's basketball requires the same kind of skill set, running, jumping, you know, blocking, shooting. They're all kind of, you know, within the same vein. But with baseball, pitching and hitting are two totally different abilities, right? Like they're not in the same lane. Some guys, no one, no one really does what he's doing in terms of, you know, being this great pitcher. But at the same time, being a great hitter, because usually you focus your whole life on being a great pitcher. So you're not really caring about hitting, which is why a lot of times, you know, pitchers just suck at hitting. <laughs> you know, they, this, this is why there's a DH. This is why all these things exist. And then if you're a really good hitter and a really good fielder, you're not typically a pitcher just because you've been focusing on hitting your whole life. And, and, and you know, fielding is just kind of the thing you do to get stay on the field. So this is why what makes it so unique. What makes Shohei Otani so unique? What means this guy is going to get paid? which this guy should be the face of Major League Baseball for everybody. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of good baseball players out right now. There's a lot of great young players, you know, the Ronald Acuna Juniors, all, all these guys. There's a lot of really, really fun players to watch. So it's not just him. It's not like he's the only guy in Major League Baseball or, you know, the only face or the only guy that, you know, should be attracting new fans. That's not what I mean by any, by any stretch of the imagination. It's just clear that this guy is doing things that are special. And you have to highlight special people when they do special things. You just have to. You can't. Swipe, sweep it under the rug. You can't downplay it. You can't. There, there, there's no way Major League Baseball can give Shohei Tani more attention than he deserves. There's just no way. Like there's, there's nothing they can do where they're like, oh, are we, are we doing a little too much? Are we giving a little too much credit? Are we giving a little too much attention and light? Are we focusing? You can't do enough to focus on Shohei Tani MLB. You have to do it. You have to do more and more and more. Get these stats out there. Get these, you know record-breaking things that he's doing out there, show how amazing he is, show how great he is. You know, you have to. This kid is amazing, and Major League Baseball needs to talk about it and make it as clear as they can possibly make it. And, of course, highlight all the other great players who are doing amazing stuff. But Shohei Otani, again, is doing really, really special stuff. And I hope, as a Mets fan, I do hope he goes to the Mets. It'll be legendary. But, obviously, I can't, you know, look at this with Mets-colored glasses and just, you know, see it how I want to see it as a hopeful fan. He can go a bunch of different places. There's any money thrown at this guy, man. And he deserves every single dollar. Sometimes you see players' contracts, and you're like, they really deserve that. He deserves every penny he's going to get. No question about it. If he does go to somewhere like New York, it'll be absolutely electric, absolutely fire. 
because on the angels it's kind of uh, you know it's, it's it's fantastic man he's amazing so that is it yeah, there's no other way to start the show right guys i mean in the comments let me know if there was any other headline that should have led this show the shohei otani today just let me know put it in the comments if you think there was anything more important more interested more fantastic than shohei otani and what he's doing right now in major league baseball drop it in the comments i'd love to hear it but let's get on to number two which if you are complaining about the shohei otani you're complaining about the topic you may be interested in topic number two let's get to it all right, for topic number two, we have NBA free agency to talk about. It's about to kick off. Again, I don't know when you're watching this video. You may have watched it. And it's already begun and it's already happening. If you're watching it now, right when I drop the episode, it hasn't happened. It hasn't started yet. Obviously, there's rumors and gossip and all kinds of stuff going around, but it hasn't actually officially hit off yet. So let's talk about it. Let's bring up some of the players here that are, are available free agents. There's some who are on this list who have actually already found new locations through trades and stuff, but let's bring it up. Again, lots of names going around, lots of teams who are looking to get, you know, their third star or they're looking to keep their star player or there's teams looking to build for a playoff push to, you know, give the Nuggets a run for their money or the Heat a run for the money. Even the Heat are looking to do things to improve themselves, which obviously everyone has to do, you know, has to improve right now because the Nuggets are that good. They're too good for anyone to stay, you know, pat and just feel good about what they have and try to make a push again. Let me just bring up this list really quick. All right, here's here's the list of some of the players that are, you know, at the top of the list for free agency. Obviously, Porzingis already got traded, so that's not really relevant. But everybody got Russell Westbrook, Chris Middleton, you know, opted out of his player options. Some of these guys are going to re-sign, right? Like, they're going to re-sign with their team more, more than likely, very possibly. In the case of, like, Chris Middleton, will he return to the Bucks? It may happen. Uh, Kyrie Irving, highly likely to return to the Mavericks. That's just the way you kind of see some of these guys playing out. But then some, you know, Draymond Green, another guy who likely is to go back to the Warriors. But some of the names that really stick out here and then are going to get a ton of action. Fred Van Fleet. Um, I've seen rumors of the Rockets potentially going to offer, I think it was a two-year, $80 million contract. Um, so he's an interesting name. James Harden is an interesting name right now to see where he goes. Russell Westbrook kind of underplayed where he goes. I mean, I know a lot of people like to say that, you know, Russell Westbrook is burnt out. He's not really who he was anymore. He's just kind of, you know, at the end of his career, a guy who probably thinks he's better than he is or his reputation is bigger than he you know, is at this point. Uh, I, I still think he has plenty of impact to make here. I am curious, like when we look at this list, who do you guys think is the biggest free agent available that you would love to see your team sign? Drop it in the comments. Is it a Westbrook? Is it a Chris Middleton? Do you think your favorite team can pry away at Kyrie Irving? Uh, do you think D'Angelo Russell you know, or, or Vucevic or any of these guys are, are big enough impacts to help a team over the hump? Do you do you think a Draymond Green is actually going to leave the Warriors, or did he leave? You know, did he pull out of his player option just to allow the Warriors time to restructure a bunch of things? They obviously traded Jordan Poole. They added Chris Paul. Is he actually you know looking at the situation and, and potentially leaving? I don't see how some of these guys could leave the money they were with and the team they were with. You know, with the idea that like how is Draymond Green going to get into a better situation? Them playing with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and these guys. I don't really see it. He's not really that kind of guy, in my opinion, anyway. You know, to bail. Uh, James Harden, I feel like, yeah, he'll find a new team. Uh, Chris Middleton, I think, will just go back to the Bucks. Kyrie Irving thinks he's going to go back to the Mavs. Some of these guys, I don't think, are really as big uh, as options in free agency. For me, this year, it's more about, you know, where's Brooke Lopez going to go? Where's Kyle Kuzma going to go? Uh, Josh Hart. Uh, who else? Who else is a big name? Harrison Barnes. You know, some of these role player types, where are they going to go? 
where is Russell Westbrook going to go? I'm really intrigued by that. I think that, you know, he does still have something left in him. I'm not of the type that think that he doesn't have anything left in him. This also brings up the fact that there's players like Dame Lillard, who is asking the Blazers to either get that team older, make more veterans on this team, make it better so that I can compete now because I've kind of not been able to compete this entire time, or get me out of here. So there's these rumors of him potentially being traded to the Miami Heat or some other teams that are interested. That's possible, right? I mean, if you look at the Rockets draft, I actually like the Rockets draft a lot, right? Like, I, I love who they drafted. So I think they did add more talent for sure to help Dame. I just think Dane wants to be around older players, more veteran players, guys who have already proven themselves that don't have to learn the ropes, don't have to get better, don't have to elevate their, you know, their skills as much. They're kind of just already who they are, right? Like he already knows who they are. So I think that's more what he wants. So when if you're Dame, right, and you see rumors like, uh, you know, your team could have traded the number three pick for a Paul George or something like that, right? Like, I think he'd rather play with Paul George than play with Scoot Henderson. And that's no knock on Scoot Henderson because I think Scoot Henderson's fantastic. I think he was potentially the best player in the draft. And so when, you know, you look at these kind of things, it's just where he's at in his career and where the team is at and what they can do, whether he believes that these young guys are enough to help him you know, get over the hump, or if he thinks, you know, the team can use these young players with him, but then also somehow pull off some of these vets, like a shocker, right? Like a, a James Harden to the Rockets or a Chris Middleton or, you know, so, something impactful that might keep him around. If not, there is a real chance that he gets traded. Uh, I personally am not a fan of the Miami Heat, so I don't want to see him go to Miami. So I'd rather him say a blazer than go there. Uh, there's some There's some other players on this list who I think are maybe – a little underrated, if you will. We got, uh, well, not underrated, like Dylan Brooks, super hated, but, I mean, he did make an impact. Dwight Powell is another guy who's not terrible. Seth Curry, you know, Steph's brother is interesting. Lonnie Walker's out here. Some guys are restricted free agents, so, you know, highly, you know they'll probably return to their team potentially uh, because of that. And there's interesting young names on here, right? Rui, Cam, Cameron Johnson, uh, Dante's on here. There's a bunch of players that it doesn't have to be you know, the biggest names in the world, the, the the veterans that everyone knows and loves and, you know, has seen for years do their thing. Uh, there's there's players down here on the list who, and they're going to get paid. A lot of these guys are going to get paid a lot. Even, um, you know, guys who are just specialists, right? Like three-point specialists, things like that are also going to get paid. Uh, in this league, obviously, as we've seen it, you know, change a lot. Three-point specialists are, you know, super, super coveted. So there's a lot of interesting names here. There's a lot of guys that you're seeing all the rumors go around and you're going to keep seeing the rumors go around. That's not going to change. The rumors are going to continue to fly on where these guys are going. I'm re- I think that I think it's really top heavy and then the rest just kind of falls where it does. We'll see. We'll see if you, uh, and again, you know, will there be any shockers? Will there be any guys that really surprise people where they go? Cuz right now we kind of assume a lot of the top guys are going to go to the places that we think right the only ones that are really really i think more wild cards are russell westbrook james Harden, stuff like that you also have just bring up the list again for a second you know max Struess, right like that's an interesting guy who can can shoot lights out and people are going to be interested in him so there are there are guys that you know are going to get deals that you know maybe people aren't showing a lot of love to i think he's going to get a bigger deal than people think uh terrence ross is a free agent again you know some team able to use him as a as a veteran Again, looking for shooting, right? There, there's just some interesting names down there. But NBA free agent, you know, should be interesting. NBA free agent should be interesting. There should be, you know, some big players going around. 
I, I don't know if the if, if there is a trade like Dame Lillard that's going to outshine anything that can happen in NBA free agency. So this year, NBA free agency isn't that that good. The players aren't that big of names. The 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 moves won't be that surprising where a Dame Lillard trade wouldn't outshine the entire process. Uh, we'll, we'll, but we'll see how it plays out. We'll see you know where Dame goes. You know, again, I would hate to see Miami, but it is a popular destination for him, and I'm sure Heat fans would love it. Heat fans would go crazy for that. So that would be that would be exciting in terms of just for the basketball landscape in general. And then, like I said, these free agents, you know, we'll see where they play out at. What's your best guess for the for, for any of those top guys? Like, for instance, where do you think James Harden will go? Drop it in the comments below if you think you know James Harden is. He, are you, are you just going to be out here and be a homer and say he's going to go to your favorite team? Or do you have a legitimate place you think he'll go to that will make a difference? That'll make a difference. I mean, is he going to form another big three somewhere? I'm personally tired of those big three type teams. They're not really my cup of tea. I prefer uh, teams that are, you know, more homegrown built, Denver Nugget style, hoping my magic get there. And and, and that's another thing that came out with uh, Dame Lillard is, um, what's his name? Chris Hayes? Chris Haynes said that uh, he thinks Dame wants to go somewhere where it doesn't have to be a big three. He doesn't necessarily want to play with you know, two other star superstars. He He's okay with a team that is homegrown in that sense. And, you know, a bunch of different role players and guys that all just fit perfectly like a puzzle. And it just all comes together and makes sense. And he's just kind of that missing piece. So that's good. I mean, and that does kind of remind you of Dame's personality. So that wouldn't surprise me if that was true. All right, guys, that's it for NBA free agency. Let's go ahead and jump over to topic number three. The last topic of today's show is going to be the NBA draft. I just want to recap it briefly. I know that I talked about it a lot on social. If you guys follow the different social platforms, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, any of those places, at Rival Fantasy, you can find us at any of those. If you follow us, make sure you send me a message, whether you know just tweeting at us or DMing us or whatever the case is. Let me know, hey, I love the show. Just you know, just giving you a follow to support. I will follow you back if you do that for sure. I just need you to you know alert me some way. And that's the best way to do it. So just shoot us a message, shoot us a tweet, shoot us an Instagram DM, whatever the case is, and I will follow you back if you let me know that you watch the show. All right, let's talk about the NBA draft. Let's just quickly look at some of the results here. Spurs obviously drafted Victor Wembanyama first, and we had Brandon Miller to the Hornets. Scoot Henderson went to the Blazers. Again, we just talked about you know all the drama leading up to that. Would the Blazers trade the pick? Were they going to draft Scoot? Would it make Dame happy? He got drafted. Rockets take Eamon Thompson. Pistons took Azor Thompson. Magic drafted Anthony Black. Pacers, Bilal Kolobe. Kolobali, my bad. Pronounced that incorrectly. Eight was Wizards taking Jarris Walker. Nine, Taylor Hendricks. Mavericks went Case and Wallace. That's a top 10. That's how it shook out. Obviously, this was another draft where it felt really top heavy, right? The NBA draft felt super top heavy. And then as it went down, a lot of people said this was a weak draft. I kind of feel like some, some real value fell in this draft. Some of the teams, to me, there, there was picks. I, there were some players in the second round that I actually like, that I actually think have a real shot. I mean, Amari Bailey, I think, has a real shot. Amani Bates, I think, has a legitimate shot. These are guys with, you know, true talent, true ability. And will they be steals for the teams that got them? Maybe. Maybe. It's possible. It's possible. There were some very interesting guys on here. And we know that drafts never you know, work out exactly how we think they are going to, you know, some of the top players always end up busting some, some players towards the, you know, the second round or late in the draft end up becoming stars. It's just the way it plays out. There was some really fun drafts here though. I like some of the teams that had multiple picks. 
Yeah, with, you know, multiple picks in the first round and then having some second and actually use their second round picks like the Hornets, right? Drafting Brendan Miller, whether you believe, you know, he should have been drafted there or not but before Scoot is up to you. But then they drafted Nick Smith. Then they drafted Amari Bailey. So like a draft like that. I like that. The Rockets getting one of the Thompson twins and then Cam Whitmore at 20. Stuff like that. I like the magic. Again, my team don't want to be too biased, but Anthony Black and Jet Howard, those two first round picks always seem to play out really well, or at least you you get excited about the upside. You get excited about, you know, what these teams can do with them. So I like, I like some of those drafts. I think the Blazers did great. The Blazers got Scoot Henderson. The Blazers got Chris Murray, the brother of uh, Keegan Murray. They did pretty well. Just in, like, you know, they got Ryan Rupert. They did pretty good, right? Again, I know Dame might not be happy with all the rookies, but in general, they did pretty well in the draft. And, they may not be perfect if you're a veteran and you want to, you know, get to a championship this season. So, Dame, I can understand, you know, being unhappy. But at the end of the day, like, why not? Pretty good draft overall. You can't really be mad at it. I wanted to share this video. Uh, Victor Womanyama was hitting everything. This is uh, Vader H Town on Twitter. The I believe the Spurs actually posted this video first. He's just putting up shots after he joined the Spurs, and so. This is what comes with being the number one pick, right? This is what comes with that territory. This is what comes with all the accolades, the shine, the love that someone like, you know, Wembenyama is going to get. It's going to cost him in terms of the expectations of people. We've seen this before. We've seen players coming with all the hype. We've seen players coming with all the accolades, all the stats, all the attributes, all the highlight videos, and they struggle in the NBA. Or they get hurt, and, and and you know you wonder how much of that, you know, injury may have been stress related and causing things to just kind of fall apart. I believe in that kind of stuff, right? And so, will he be able to step up to it? He seems like a great human. He seems like he's mature. He seems like he's got his head on straight. Everything seems right. But again, that could be heavy. You know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. And so, there's a lot of weight being put on him right now. We'll see if he can, you know, rise to the occasion. But it's definitely. You know, something we're going to follow. We're going to see if he's... Do you, here's a question for you guys. I want you guys to drop in the comments. Will Victor Womanyama be the rookie of the year? Or do you see a Scoot Henderson or a Brandon Miller or somebody actually stealing that? One of the Thompson brothers. Do you see somebody actually stealing that? Or do you think, no way possible, Neil, Womanyama is 100% going to be the rookie of the year? I'm curious. Drop it in the comments. I will respond to you guys. I, I never leave a comment unresponded to. So I'm curious what you guys think. Is he the sure... Number one, no no doubt about it, going to be rookie of the year, or do you think that one player is going to come up there and steal that? And if you do, who is that player? Who do you think the player is that is actually going to be able to push that? Some other positive, interesting, fun stats from the NBA draft. One pair of twins, two in the top five. Very cool. Uh, I, was, I was excited for these two. It was fun to see. It seemed like they have a great family, great mom and dad, great upbringing. It's cool to see these guys take a different route, you know, and get into the NBA. They didn't go to college. Um, they didn't go into like the, you know, G League or any, any of that kind of stuff. They actually took, you know, a new route. And so it's cool to see this happen. What, 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 you know, when do you see this happen? Where do you see two brothers, two twins, and they're both top five picks? That's crazy. We've seen brothers in the league. We've seen brothers. We've seen this happen before. But twins, top five, both? That was that was very cool to see. Um, so shout out to them. I think I think they'll do good in the league. Uh, I think both will have success. I know a lot of people say there's holes in their shooting. 
I think they have enough athletic ability, passing, playmaking, defensive, uh, you know, skills to make it. Those are all they have that great foundation. Now you just got to get your shooting improved. And I think they can definitely do that. Uh, again, I can't stop talking about the whole Scoot Henderson situation with the Blazers. He said, I think Dame Lillard should just should stay just because if we combine our games, it'll be over. We kind of complement each other's games. We're both fun to watch. Ticket sales will go up. Again, Scoot's over here campaigning for Dame to stay. Of course he is. Just like, you know, anybody with sense would because he knows it'll be easier for him in, you know, in Portland with Dame than it would be without him. Uh, at the same time, if for some reason they trade Dame, then, you know, Scoot Henderson, you are the franchise player, the face of this team. You know, there's no question about it in my eyes. So that is going to be just a fun thing to follow the entire season. Uh, again, the NBA draft gave us so many storylines. Another cool thing, not a, you know, brother situation, but Jed Howard. Many of you may not know his father is Juwan Howard. He played in the NBA, obviously, for forever. A really great player. Uh just 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 a dude who gets talked about a lot by NBA players, right? He gets a lot of love, respect, smart dude, good player, but like really tough and on defense and just overall a like gritty type of player. His son got drafted by the Orlando Magic. That was cool because he also played for the Magic for a short period of time. So that was just another I, I like seeing these kind of things when these legacies continue. You know what I mean? Like when you see the you know, situations where like Carmelo talks about his son carrying his legacy. You see LeBron talking about his son Bronny coming into the league and everyone you know, wants to see them play together. So this is just another one of those stories where it's like, you know, Jet, his dad played in the league forever, made his impact. Now he gets to, you know, do the same thing. And he was a top 11 pick. So that's nothing to like, you know, not be proud of. That's crazy. Uh, here, I, I joked about this, but going into the draft, Brandon Miller, who is now with the Hornets, who is now, you know, the team that is owned by Michael Jordan, some way, some form as he sells it and still stays a minority owner, I believe. He actually said that he didn't think LeBron James was the go to basketball or Michael Jordan. He thought it was Paul George was the go to basketball. And I, and I, and I joked when he said this that uh, he should definitely be dropping his draft stock after that. It didn't obviously happen. He obviously continued to do really well, got picked second. This is one of those situations where people said, hey, you know, is he worthy of that position? Is he better than Scoot Henderson? Is he better than everybody below him? And again, you come into that conversation where a guy who is six foot nine, and up can shoot threes can play defense can guard multiple positions whether he is the better player over scoot right now whether his whether he's going to score more points than scoot or make as much of a difference there's those intangibles that you just don't see a lot in the league and it's kind of like you know the tobias harris situation for instance he just recently said you know casual 76ers fans would trade me for a crumble cookie but what they don't get is that they're not going to get a six foot nine six foot ten you know, forward back who could shoot almost 40% from three and do all these things. And this is what he's talking about. This is why Brendan Miller is drafted number two, because he's, you know, that Tobias Harris type role that we're talking about, or the Paul George type role that we're talking about. Those guys who are a certain height can shoot threes at a certain clip, can play defense. Like it's hard to find those guys. So, you know, that's why they drafted him over Scoot. Obviously also to mention they had LaMelo ball. So it kind of would feel a little redundant maybe on their end. So again, I, I joke about the quote. I just think it was funny that he said that. And uh, a lot of players coming up in this draft said Paul George was their favorite player or that he's a player they emulate or a player they want to play against. So Paul George clearly made his impact. Same thing with Russell Westbrook. Those are two of the names we hear a lot. And of course, everybody said they wanted to like dunk on LeBron James and stuff like that. So interesting to see the players that are 
from that generation that are making an impact on the guys coming up in this generation. The last thing I wanted to share, and this is one that was kind of, you know, just breaking now today is everyone was asking why was Cam Whit Whitmore dropping in the draft? Like what, what was causing him to fall from what many were predicting, like a top four, top five, top six pick to 20, like a, an Aaron Rodgers like fall. One of those falls where you can't really make sense of it. So here, people were thinking it was a medical thing, uh, whether he was having medicals that were, you know, red flagging for people or what it may have been. Here, Ryan Rossillo confirms on the Bill Simmons podcast that Cam Whitmore fell in the NBA draft due to Villanova coach Kyle Neptune. Neptune didn't talk him up and spoke poorly about him to GMs. So this is something that's really frowned upon by everybody in terms of a college coach talking down his player to NBA GMs coaches, organizations, whatever have you. This is one of those situations that people really frown upon. Um, and what he said about him, I don't know, right? There was quite potentially questions about his work ethic, how he practiced, you know, all these kind of things. And so I don't know what the red flags were that Kyle Neptune didn't defend or if he just didn't, you know, because you got to imagine you're a college coach, you know, when you're talking about, you know, as, as a college coach, when this draft process starts and you have a player like Ken Whitmore, just a guy that's top 10 pick, for instance, right? And really in general, but just top 10, let's say, because that's what he was. And, and teams are coming to you. They're excited about your player. They're excited about this kid that you've been developing for the last year at your school. And then you don't talk highly of him, whether it's you don't defend things that they're arguing about or whether it's you just don't seem as excited. You're not, you know, really bigging them up. You're not really bragging about them. That's a red flag for teams, right? Because normally as a coach, you would think you would do that, right? You'd be excited for your player. A lot of times you see the college coaches in the green room with the players or at their homes or whatever the case is. So coaches are excited when their players go in the lottery or go in the NBA draft. It looks good for them. It looks good for this young kid that they've been, you know, helping become a man, helping, you know, elevate his skills for the NBA level. It's a win-win for everybody. It's something that, you know, coaches can go to, you know, potential recruits and say, hey, we got players going to the NBA. That's off my, you know, teaching off this program that we've built here. So for a coach, a college coach to not speak highly of a player entering the draft, one, like, why are you hurting this guy's career, right? Like, why, why are you doing that? And then on the flip side, you may say, Neil, but if he's not a good person or he's not a hard worker, I don't want to ruin my reputation as the coach. I don't want these GMs to come back to me next year and not trust my word. I'm trying to think of both sides of this, right? Like, I get why Kyle Neptune was dirty for not defending him. But at the same time, if you're Kyle Neptune and you have players coming in in future drafts after you just sold, like, let's say you you didn't, maybe say you sold lies to these teams, right? You really don't believe in Cam Whitmore. You think he's a, you know, not a hard worker or he's going to flail out and bust out, whatever the case may be. You tell them everything's good. Cam Whitmore's awesome. He's a hard worker. Everything is great. There's no red flags. And then he does bust out. The next season, the next player you try to push into the NBA draft and GMs come to you and coaches come to you. They're going to think you sold them, you know, a bag of a BS about the last guy. So why would they trust you on this guy? That's potentially maybe something that's at play for him. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with Kyle Neptune. I don't know why he spoke poorly of Cam Whitmore. Now that this is coming out, now that this, you know, conversation is being had, maybe we'll hear more of why this is being said. A lot of people think there's really not much room for Cam Whitmore to fail at the next level. So we'll see if he's going to be one of those NBA busts that we talk about. Or if he's going to be a guy who's a success story. And now that he was picked at number 20, which is considered great value for a player of his ability, can he really be a bust even? I don't know. At 20, you're kind of, you're kind of just taking shots in the dark anyway, almost it feels like at some point. So 
I don't think necessarily he could be looked at as a bust once he goes to 20. But if you think about where he was projected originally, right, to go from five or four, four or five, six range, and then he just keeps falling in teens, and then he gets down to 20. And there were, I'm sure there were teams trying to trade up for him. I'm sure there was teams trying to, you know, to make moves. But to see him just keep falling, and you kind of wonder, like, were teams scared? Once they've seen, once you see this, you know, these teams early up here pass, do you just get scared at this point? You're like, man, something must be wrong. And you just keep letting them drop. You don't want to be the guy to make the mistake. The Rockets took the shot. They already had a first round pick earlier. They're able to gamble. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out for Cam Whitmore. I hope, I, I hope the red flags aren't true. I hope that there's nothing wrong with him and he does really well. If he does, the Rockets are in a really good position. They have a ton of young players, ton of young, talented players. Porter, Green, Thompson now, Whitmore now. Um, Sagan, they got a whole bunch of good guys there. So it'll be interesting. There's a lot of teams in the NBA like this that are starting to really build up a bunch of young players. They're trying to find their identity. They're trying to find their focal point. They're trying to find their guy. But at the same time, they have so many talented players that, you know, one's going to shake out and make it. One's going to shake out and be the guy. And the rest are just going to fall into place like they need. Shout out to Ken Winmore. Hope everything works out well for them. Shout out to the Rockets for taking the chance. Kyle Neptune, you're obviously going to have to explain yourself at some point. I would think I highly doubt you're going to just sweep this under the rug and act like it didn't happen. So we'll see how that all plays out. It'll be interesting. We will follow up with it on this show whenever an update is out about that. But I'm curious in the comments, do you think Kyle Neptune was dirty for talking about Cam Whitmore and not showing him love, not talking him up, not giving him praise to GMs? Or do you think that it was a responsible thing to do? protect his job, protect his, you know, his credit, his ego, his reputation, or do you think it was just dirty? I'm curious what you guys think. I'm curious what the majority thinks on this uh, in terms of what a coach should do in that kind of situation. If he doesn't believe in the character of a guy or the hard work of work ethic of a guy, I'm curious what your thoughts are. Did he do the right thing or was that super grimy to do? Before we leave, I got to show you a really good deal that I don't want you to forget about. And that is rival fantasy. Rival fantasy is the platform that runs. That is the backbone of this show. Rival Fantasy is a DFS fantasy sports platform. As you can see here, this is challenges. Really super simple games, fun for anybody of any skill level. You get in here, you pick a side, you put your how much you want to wager, and you place the bet. That is challenges. NBA will be available. NFL will be available when the sports are live. Right now, MLB is the only sport obviously going. We will have season long coming in the future here. It will start with the NFL season. You have Fantasy Bingo, which is basically you pick a lineup, a starting lineup, and you hope to hit achievements on the card in order to win. If you get four in a corner, diagonal, vertical lines, or you fill the whole card, the payout is different depending on what you hit. And then there's Fantasy Book, which again is across all sports when they are available. Currently, MLB is the only sports available. You can pick as little as two players over under on their fantasy points up to five. And when, again, other sports are available, you can go across sports. So you can pick baseball players, football players, NFL players, all at the same time, as long as the sports are active. Those are all available. Something else that I do want to highlight really quick is we do have a referral system on Rival Fantasy, where if you get in there and you refer a friend, you can actually get a credit. So you refer your, you send a link to your friend, they sign up, they register deposit you both get a $25 bonus can't lose you cannot lose not to mention right now if you are new if you've never played rival fantasy special offer there will be a link down in the bio special offer we will have a 200 deposit match $200 deposit match up to $200 plus you'll get the $25 voucher when you sign up using the link in the bio guys go check it out again I am your host Neil Maligno this is the rival fantasy sports podcast I will see you in the comments or on social I'm out Oh, 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 oh,